the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by the Allworth Law Firm. Lamentations 521 tells us, Turn us back to you, O Lord, and we will be restored. Almost everyone is dealing with recovery of some sort. It could be from addiction, pain, divorce, sin, separation, depression, job loss, or being stuck in the cycle of shame, guilt, and destructive behavior. Recovery through a relationship with Jesus Christ is the foundation of healing and growing anew. Listen as Pastor Allworth shares how the healing power of a personal relationship with Christ has turned his life around, will help you and your loved ones recover and be restored in his name. God wants you to walk out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. Keep listening. Recovery Through Christ with Pastor John Allworth starts now. Good afternoon, Southeast Texas. This is Pastor John Allworth. I'm calling in remotely again, and I really hope that... uh, Everyone is having a good day and is uh, spending time with the Lord while they're driving along in prayer, uh, maybe listening to uh, the Bible on tape, and you just turned over to the radio station, and you want to hear a good, uplifting word, and that's what uh, we're here for on on KKHT. Uh, We've got a lot of good pastors on here, and, and there's a good, uplifting word. Uh, one after another. So let's go to prayer. Father God, we just come to you today with such gratitude on our hearts. Uh, we are so grateful to you for everything that you've done in our life. We know that everything good in our life uh, comes from you, and we know that um, everything good works for those who believe in you, trust in you, and are called according to your purpose. Uh, Father, I just hope that the words that are spoken here today will be yours and not mine. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, well, I hope you're being careful out there, man. It is hot. I just cannot believe, I don't think I've ever can recall a period of time where we had such heat and never got any rain at all. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but but my yard is, is crying for moisture, and I'm out there hand-watering it all the time, and uh, anyway, I, I just hope that you're all being safe out there and that uh, you're you're drinking lots of water, staying hydrated, and, and staying out of the heat. And Corey, my producer's here. And Corey, I just wanted to make sure, how's the volume? Can you, can you hear everything okay over the telephone line? Everything sounds great. Everything sounds good. All right. All right. Thank you, Corey. You always do a wonderful job, and, and, and you're much appreciated. So, all right. Well, we're going to talk today. As I said, I, I like to... To lift people up, I think that's what the Bible is. The Bible is a is a book about recovery. Uh, it's about a book that is inspiring. It's a, it's about a, a book that restores us, uh, as is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's one of the things I love about being involved in the recovery community is that well, a couple of things. And one of the things I really love is is that true recovery, a spiritual awakening. Uh, recovery centered around a relationship with Jesus Christ mirrors our walk with the Lord. Uh, if we go through the 12 steps of recovery, the, the 12 steps of AA, and we apply a biblical uh, perspective towards it, and we're going to do that today, uh, we're going to see that the, the true recovery mirrors our walk with Christ. And I hear over and over again 
uh, people in recovery talk about how their recovery is strong when their walk is strong. And so this can be recovery from any kind of thing, as we talk about on here. It's not just addiction to alcohol and drugs. It could be recovery from, from pride. <laughs> it could be recovery from anger. It could be recovery from a lack of forgiveness. It could be recovery from divorce. Uh, maybe uh, you're trapped in shame and guilt because uh, you committed a, a sin that you just can't get over years ago, and the enemy's telling you, just keeps pounding you about how horrible it was. Uh, well, that's not who Jesus Christ is. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us in John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and I have come so that they may have life and may have it abundantly. Uh, Jesus came, to, and he died on the cross for the forgiveness of sins, and, and as Paul writes in Romans, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. So that's one of the things that, that the enemy does, the devil does, to keep us down is shame and sin. And as we know from the Bible, as Jesus said, he is the father of all lies. And so one of the keys to recovery is learning to listen to the right voice, because Jesus' voice is one of love. Jesus' one is one of inspiration. Jesus' voice is one of healing. Jesus' voice is one of restoration. And that's what God wants for you in your life, and that's what he did for me in my life. So we're going to take a look right now at, at Matthew uh, I'm going to be in chapter 4, uh, right before the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the gospel, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, and paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him, from Galilee and from Decapolis, to Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. All right, so Jesus is setting the scene here for the, his incredible, incomparable Sermon on the Mount. And what we see here is that Jesus is healing people. Jesus is restoring people. Jesus is spreading the good news, Yuan Gileon and group, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the kingdom of God, and he's spreading that, and people of all kinds are, are hearing this message, are learning about uh, this man, Jesus, fully man, fully divine, this man, Jesus, who is going around the countryside spreading his message of love and 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 just ministering to all kinds of people. So we've got people here that, that don't like each other. We've got people from different parts of the country. We've got people that are pagans, that aren't believers, aren't Jewish. We've got people from uh, the religious sects. Uh, we've got people from all across uh, the region and that are that have come to listen to Jesus and have come to see what this is all about. And what this is telling us, what Matthew is telling us, just as he does uh, in his genealogy, and I'm not going to get too bogged down in the genealogy, but the genealogy, you may have asked yourself, why does the Gospel of Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, start with a genealogy? And if we look at that genealogy, it is not your typical Hebrew genealogy. First place, women are never mentioned, and there are five women mentioned. What Jesus is trying to tell us is, and these women, by the way, we've got a prostitute, we've got Bathsheba, who David had an affair with, we've got a Moabite, we, we've got foreigners, we've got all kinds of people who have made mistakes, uh, that have tricked people, that have done all these kinds of things. And what Jesus is trying to tell us, both in this gathering at the Sermon on the Mount and in this genealogy, what Matthew is trying to tell us, what the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us as he wrote this gospel, as he wrote this gospel through 
the disciple Matthew is that the kingdom of God is available to everyone. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what mistakes you've made in your life, the kingdom of God is open to you. And if we do what Jesus Christ has asked us to do, and that is love God with all our heart, mind, strength, and soul, and we love our neighbor as ourselves, and we get baptized and make an open proclamation that we understand that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, we welcome him into our heart, we ask him to forgive us of our sins, we recognize that he died for our sins on the cross, uh, we repent and agree to have him be the leader of our lives from this point forward, and understand that he was resurrected on the third day to give us the promise of eternal life. If we do all those things, then the past is past, Second Corinthians 5.17. We are new creations in Christ. The past is wiped out. Our sins are as far from the east as the west, and he's going to be the Lord of our lives from here on out. And that, my friends, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're struggling with, that is the key to freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So Jesus has all of these folks gathered. Uh, the, and so as we begin... The Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5, And seeing the multitudes, he went upon a mountain, and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. Then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So these are commonly called the Beatitudes. And I've read many different interpretations of the Beatitudes, and I find validity in, in almost all of them. And some say that the first four uh Beatitudes tell about our human suffering, and the next four are answers to those sufferings and how we minister to those people. I like that that interpretation. And uh, people have talked about how it's got a chiastic structure. If you've ever heard me talk before, you realize that chi uh, chiastic structure means an ancient form of poetry. That so much of the Bible is written. The Bible is so amazing, brothers and sisters in Christ. It is so amazing. It is so restorative. It is so inspirational. If you really begin to study it, it is just beyond human comprehension almost. And, and we can see that even though it was written over thousands of years and by over 40 different authors, human authors, that we see the hand of the Holy Spirit throughout. For example, the creation story is a chiasm. The first five books of the Old Testament are a chiasm. Chiasms are, are throughout the Bible where, where it's a form of poetry that folds into each, uh, upon itself, and there are secrets in the middle that's for another sermon. But in any event, we've got a chiastic structure here, and Jesus is, is giving us treasure, and he's trying to tell us things. And one of the treasures that we get is that many people believe that the 12 steps uh, of recovery are uh, essentially grounded in the Beatitudes. Now, I find personally that the 12 steps of recovery have much greater biblical uh, inspiration and biblical background than just the Beatitudes. But I do agree that the Beatitudes fit the 12 steps, and again, 
That is the mastery of the Bible, how it can interweave into our lives and into so many different circumstances and into so many different applications that, that God has given us truly a gift, His Word upon which we can stand, upon which, as Paul says in the in his in Ephesians chapter six, uh, the 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 Spirit of Truth. It is truth throughout, and the truth. When you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. John eight thirty two. But in any event, uh, back to the to the biblical basis of the twelve steps. So. Uh, you may be tuning out at this point. I don't need, I don't know about this 12 steps. I don't want to be involved in this 12 steps. I've heard the 12 steps talk about the God of my understanding, and that's not right. Well, I can understand that perspective, but there is a different perspective of the 12 steps that I think is incredibly helpful. For example, uh, there's a man named Philip Vaughn who runs the, is the chief operating officer at, at the Open Door Mission. And he found his relationship with Jesus Christ through the 12 steps. And I know many, many people in the recovery community who have done so. In fact, I saw a list not long ago that called the 12 steps one of the greatest inventions of the 20th century, and it has helped many people. And in our ministry, we put Jesus right back in the middle of the 12 steps. That's, just, again, another a story for another thing. But let's look at the, the Beatitudes and the 12 steps. Okay. So happy are those, or blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does Jesus mean by this? Well, if we look at Luke chapter 18, we see the parable of the tax collector and the Pharisee. Of course, the tax collector being the sinner, and the Pharisee being someone who is full of pride and thinks that he's all that in a bag of chips and has everything. So if we read this parable, also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing far off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, Jesus said, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So what God, Jesus is telling us there is that we all fall short of the glory of God. And when we realize that, and when we devote ourselves to Jesus Christ and realize that we need his guidance, if anyone would come after me, they must deny themselves, pick up their cross daily, and follow me. We must follow him. <laughs> we must accept the gift of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> we must look for discernment and for guidance from the Holy Spirit on a daily, an hourly, a minute-by-minute -minute basis. And we must realize that it is only through God's grace that we are granted the gift of salvation and that we should not be prideful, but that we should follow Jesus' example and, and be humble as he was. All Jesus did was serve. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but came to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when Jesus says, Blessed are those who are poor in spirit, or happy are those who are spiritually poor, is another way to look at that. That is the first step of realizing I've got to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. I need Jesus Christ in my life. 
no matter what it is you're struggling with, whether it's pride or addiction or whatever it is. So you realize that we're not God, that we admit that we are powerless over our, our tendency to con- do the wrong thing and that our lives are, are unmanageable. That's the first step. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol, for example, and that our lives have become unmanageable. So you see there's a parallel here with Matthew, uh, the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit, for there's the kingdom of heaven. We must realize that we need Jesus Christ in our lives. And we've rewritten that first step. We admitted without Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we were powerless over alcohol, and that our lives have become unmanageable. So you see the correlation here. So next, we see that in the 12 steps, that we have to realize that there is a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. Of course, we've rewritten it to say that without that there is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior who could restore us to sanity. And so we see here, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. We have to realize that there is a Savior, there is a King, there is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, who will comfort us in our need. And even though we mourn, even though we're in trouble, even though we're we're making mistakes, that if we come to realize that he is there for us, then we can be comforted. But without that comfort, I don't understand how people exist, and I don't understand how they realize true recovery. All right, so then we have to consciously commit to our life and our will to Christ's care. That's that's step number three. We made a surrender. We made a decision to turn our lives, our will and our lives, over to the care of God or to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And again, this mirrors uh, blessed are the meek, the next, the next beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So once we surrender our lives, and that's, that's the basic thing of accepting, that's, that's the, you know, part of the Roman road, that's, you know, making Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. That, that is essential to, to our walk as Christians, and it is essential to a Christ-based recovery, and the only way, in my opinion, to true freedom. So next we look at the steps four and five of, of the 12 steps, and we see we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Again, this is just straight out of the Bible, Lamentations 340. Let us examine our ways and test them, and let us return to the Lord. Step five is admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. So we have to openly confess, examine and confess our faults to God, to ourselves, and to another brother or sister in Christ. And so, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, we can only be pure in heart when we confess our sins. James 5.16 tells us, confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. I ask the guys at the Open Door Mission almost every single time I'm there, and I'll ask them today, do you, as Jesus asked the, the paralyzed man, do you want to be healed? Because there's only one way to true healing, and that is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Then we have to voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in our lives and humbly ask him to correct our, our character defects. See, we can't do those things on there on our own. I tried over and over again to fix myself, but until I truly surrendered my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and until I truly submitted, until I truly surrendered, I couldn't do it. But that's what steps in five or six are. I hope you can see, if you're still listening, I hope you can see the corollary between our Christian walk and these 12 steps. 
Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. We have to be, John 5, 6, do you want to be healed? We have to be ready. If you, uh, Isaiah one nineteen. if you are willing and obedient, you will eat from the best of the land. So step seven is we humbly, we have to be humble, just like in the, the tax collector was in the story of the tax collector and the Pharisee. We humbly ask God to remove all our shortcomings. Now this is a lifelong task because we're always going to come up short. But we have to rely on the Holy Spirit to convict us. God will, the Holy Spirit will convict, and we are to love. We have to rely on the Holy Spirit to convict us and to continue to work on us. The Christian walk, and you know they say it's one day at a time in recovery. It's the same thing with the Christian walk. There's temptation in this world everywhere, and it's one day at a time. One day at a time asking for God's help. One day at a time asking God to make us better people. One day at a time examining ourselves and returning to the Lord. And, and it's praying for his strength and his power to be able to walk a Christian life, to be able to, to be sober, to be free, to be free out of bondage, no matter what it is. If it's pride, if it's, if it's this, you know, lust, if it's revenge, if it's whatever it is, it's an ungodly thing that's controlling our lives or has a part of our lives, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit for the help to be free from it. So then we evaluate all our relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt us, and make amends or harm to others, except when to do so would hurt them or hurt others. Again, steps seven and eight, I mean eight and nine, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to all of them. And then step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Now, this is part of a a healing thing. This is part of forgiveness. Now, in our ministry, we've added made, making amends to ourselves because we've harmed ourselves as well. But we, uh, the, you know, forgiveness is a bedrock of the Christian walk, of Christian faith. Uh, Jesus says in that Sermon on the Mount, if you want your Father in Heaven to forgive you, you need to forgive your brother or sister. Don't have time to get into just how important that is. But if you've got a lack of forgiveness in your life, that's a chain that the enemy has wrapped around your neck. And you're not hurting that other person. You're hurting yourself. Uh, reserve a time daily with God we for have two self-examination. Left, These are steps 10 and 11. Bible readings and prayer in order to know God and His will for my life and to gain the power to follow His will. So step 10, continue to take pers- personal inventory. And when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. And step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God, praying only for knowledge of His will and the power to carry that out. We have that about so um, one minute left, we Pastor Allworth. One minute left? Yes, sir. That is so critical. We've got to pray for His will in our lives, that His will be done, not our will. Letting go like that is so important. And then step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all of our affairs. You know, that is, <laughs> we're called to preach the gospel to all creation, to make disciples of all nations, to be witnesses to the end of the earth. And that's what recovery is about, and that's what our Christian walk is about. I hope that you can see that recovery mirrors our Christian walk, and that these 12 steps could be a benefit of all. It's such a honor and privilege to be with you. Uh, we love you here at Recovery Through Christ, but more importantly, God loves you more than you can possibly imagine. Good night and amen.
You've been listening to Recovery Through Christ. Listen again next Wednesday at 530. If you missed any of this show, you can catch the podcast at kkht.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.